You're listening to The Esoterics Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Fiorelise. And this is Joe. I'm so happy to be here. Welcome back to the Esoterics Podcast. How are things going this week, Vee? Uh, pretty good. We had a Halloween party this last weekend. You did? At your house? Yeah. The kids, it was the kids' idea. and They were the ones that really pushed for it. Yeah. I'm partied out. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> okay, that's super fun though. Did you have a bunch of people there? Yeah, we had, well, so each of the kids invited all their friends. So, yeah, it was a mix of, of ages. And then um, it was a moment of me and my friends realizing that now we are the old people at the party. Mm-hmm. And that was a rude awakening. It was. Oh. <laughs> mean. Okay, yeah, but you own the house. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, um, that sounds like absolute fun. Yeah, it was fun. We tried to have karaoke, but we couldn't get the freaking equipment to work. But next time, next party, we will have the karaoke going. Yeah, is it going to be an annual thing? Yeah, probably. It's like the one. It's like the one holiday that I do like. I do prefer. So why not? All right. So I want to give a shout out this week to nurses. Nurses everywhere. I know that we have several in our listening audience. Um, I know I have several friends who are nurses, and I come from um, early on in my corporate career. I started out working for a nurses association, so I've worked with um, nurses my whole life. And um, I just had a a recent stint in um, in ER, nothing serious. But um, I wanted to really shout out to them because the the healthcare is awful. It's in an awful state right now. Yeah. Um, Absolutely horrible. But those nurses were fucking top notch and they made the difference. They really did make the difference. So hi, nurses. I love you so much. Thank a nurse today. Because they're burnt out. God bless them. God bless them. Do something nice for them today. Like we're taping today, Monday. It's actually Halloween. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> your, your kids probably don't trick or does, does Tino say or um, does he trick or treat? Oh no, they all they they both of them do. They do? Yeah, I mean the I oldest one, she's an adult now. I don't know if she's gonna want to, but um, but yeah, the no the kids do because they go out with their friends. Oh, I totally would listen. I'd do it now with my friends if <laughs> if I could. And right now there's sort of this trend where people are saying let anybody trick or treat because it keeps people out of trouble. <laughs> if you get a, a good enough costume that no one can see your face and tell like, you know, how old you are, I mean, we can trick or treat if we want That's to. Right. Just be tall kids. Which is, <laughs> I haven't I haven't grown since like, I don't know, freshman year in high school, so I mean, mm-hmm. how do you know? <laughs> I've actually shrunk, so I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right? We can get away with it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So t- tell me, tell me I can't trick or treat. Honestly, I'd just be out there for um, like the Snickers bars, you know, exactly. like Snickers, Twix, pe- Reese's, peanut butter cups, um, caramels, but like the real caramels, not the fake Brock's caramels. Those are disgusting. Yep. I'm that's... here for the Snickers and yeah. the Reese's cups. Yeah. 
Oh, yes, dude. They're so good. It's stupid. Have you ever had um, made cookies with, uh, instead of chocolate chips, you Reese's peanut butter cups all chopped up? No. Yeah, but I guess you'll you'll be doing it now, won't you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> trust me. That's it awesome. is. And they even have a Reese's peanut butter cup that is all peanut butter. It's like oh. the peanut butter is chocolate and <laughs> Yeah, so I, I actually that's the one I would do. Yeah, that's a good idea. Use that for cookies. Yep. Yeah, peanut butter cookies are my favorite. They're my absolute favorite. We had some leftover uh, cheesecake cups from the party. I was just gonna hand those out to the neighbors today. Oh, just, you know, because I'm sure nice. they're gonna be out there handing out candy. So I was gonna. Yeah. Did you make them? I did not. My friend did, but no, I'm not yeah. gonna eat that many. <laughs> oh no, are they? They're delicious. Um, they are dairy or vegan? I, uh, no, they're dairy, and that's the <laughs> yeah. other thing too. You know, I can only have so much. Uh, my friends got married in Scotland last week, um, and Friday was their reception uh-huh. here in Portland. Oh my God, they're, they this cool little place called Cooper's Hall. It was all decked out in lights and just really adorable. Um, and then they had um, a bunch of um, wait staff handing out hors d'oeuvres um, mm-hmm. at the pre pre the dinner, mm-hmm. and they had little um, literally the best deviled eggs I've ever had in my entire life. I, and I love a good deviled egg. They had these sausage things that I don't, honestly they weren't. I didn't love those, but um, and then they had these polenta cheese puffs that were the bomb. So I love little hors d'oeuvres, and I never like you know, yeah. eat, like I'll never make them and have them for dinner. <laughs> I've always wanted to make deviled eggs. Now that you like every time I someone mentions them or I see them at a party or whatever, I'm always like. I want to make these. And Dude, I, you've never made them? I've never made them, and I love them. <laughs> you're, you know what? That You're out of your mind. You need to make some for Thanksgiving and make like a double batch is what Ooh, I do because they, they get eaten. Good idea. Yeah. They get eaten, and I'll eat those, you know, for days. I did um, make your baked beans for the party. Yeah. I did, and they were a hit, so as, as usual. Oh, good. Yay. Yay. The beans. The beans live on. That's a good ass recipe, too. It is. is. I I wanted to make those today. I told you earlier, but I'm struggling with Mercury RX (laughs) and the effects it has on the intestines. Apparently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A few of these will get into that a little bit later. The other thing I want to talk about is that I... um, I handed in my first astrology assignment. Oh. And I'm so proud of myself because I went into it feeling like I don't know what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. And it was describe how when 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 Neptune moved into its home sign of Pisces in 2011, how that impacted your life. Uh-huh. And my first thought was, I don't fucking know. It was 2011, <laughs> right? right? What the fuck? <laughs> <one> so <laughs> it's not asking you to remember. <laughs> So then I got out the ephemeris and I started looking and I was like, oh shit, that was when I went through, well, in May actually, Mm -hmm. it moved in in April and then in May I went through um, a breakup Mm -hmm. and it was the last breakup that I've had and it was, I did like a serious like Scarlett O'Hara vow, right? Like, yeah. as my dying breath, I will never again 
basically was like, why do I keep attracting the same assholes? Yes. The same douchebags. And so that was when I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done with men until I figure Mm -hmm. out why I keep attracting the same. Uh And that's when that was. Um, And then that is what ignited my spiritual awakening and all that stuff. So, so that was really cool. And I really wouldn't have remembered that or been able to go through that and assign that to all of the different phases in astrology since then yeah unless i had that assignment so i'm really proud of myself and it was really cool it was fun so did you figure it out (laughs) i mean i did it basically it sort of showed me what it did was it didn't give me any insight into anything but it Uh did because i'm not there yet i don't know how to read all of that stuff to Mm -hmm. say oh this is my right but but what it did show me was that whenever there was a major shift in neptune and pisces Uh with the other stars and planets around it that that coincided with other major events in my life so it showed me Hmm. how to sort of look at that as a bigger picture oh that's very cool so what time of the year was that in 2011 april april of 2011 that's when um neptune and neptune and pisces you know together um you know they just for me personally it sparked a spiritual awakening that's interesting. Yeah, but there was also quitting the corporate world was in there somehow and um, starting a brick and mortar was in there and then moving to Portland. And then I looked at my typog- my astrocartography mm-hmm. um, one more time with a with a with an eye that's a little bit more, you know, knowledgeable and it just blew me away. So yeah. it, here's the thing about this class. I love this class. It's so fun, but I'm finding that I wish that it was a little bit more 101, a little bit more super basic. So I'm having to do a lot of self-study. And mm-hmm. as you know, because you have the same issues, we <laughs> yeah. don't like self-guided. You know, yeah. <laughs> no, we like to, right. We want to do what we want to do. So yeah. I'm finding myself more drawn toward the nodes, the south node, the north node, the true node, all of those things, because that deals with destiny, past life, and all that stuff. And I'm being more drawn toward um, things that support esoteric astrology. So I have to learn these things, the basics, um, but I'm also learning these things over here on this side, which are keeping my attention. So Hmm. yeah, I'm really excited about it. I, I do love it. It's so much to learn. There's so many facets to it. How did you get into it? And what's your, but what's your, your sort of journey been with it? I just, when I was like a teenager, I was just always picked up astrology books. And I, I loved learning about how the signs complement each other or don't complement each other, Mm -hmm. you know, especially like, so basically like love astrology. Like I lived for that shit. Like (laughs) wanting to Did you read Linda Goodman's book? Yes. Yes. That was the first book I read on astrology. Yeah. Yep. The love signs, the sun signs book. Yes. Yeah. I loved all those books. That, that was like what got me into it. What kept me, what kept me in it. Um, And that's still like, what I like to look at, I like to look at how uh, some person, one person's placements either complement or like directly, you know, or what is it like square up against somebody else's, um, and then you know, and it, and it displays how that relationship is going to function or dysfunction or whatever. Like that, I I like seeing that, um, but. Not that like seeing dysfunction, but I just no, like no, seeing how, you know, how things kind of work together. But um, I, I mean, just even just in general, like kind of the the psychology behind 
relationships themselves and how you said like why do you keep attracting the same people um and that happens not just in love relationships you see it in friendships too yep. like where social circles why, yeah work. Why do I always exactly mm-hmm. and it's because the universe will always present you with the same lesson until you complete the lesson until you learn what you're supposed to get out of the lesson and until you don't learn it you're gonna keep repeating it it's yeah. like, you know, it's like when you fail a class, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you fail okay, the class, you the gotta take, take it again, yep, do it again. Yeah. We're going to dive into a tiny bit deeper into that concept today, Cool, um, but it's just going to support what you just talked about. Um, you know what we should do next season, because um, we're getting ready to wrap this season up and then take a small break, but next season, it would be fun if we had um, somebody on where I did their numerology as mm-hmm. a couple, you did their astrology as a couple. Um, and we could do that live. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, that would be cool. I know, right? So if we have some um, volunteers out there that are willing to be opened up bare for the world to see. We can keep your name. We can change your names. We'll change your name. Yeah. Okay. We'll change your names. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Fine. <laughs> well, we can, or we can do a celebrity couple. Those are fun too. Oh, well, that's true. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can do that. Oh, so if there's anybody out there willing, send us an email. But if not, we'll just do celebrity couple. It, we Celebrities did, we, are. We did Harry and Meg. I don't know. I did Harry and Megan. Um, when I when I guessed, um, did a guest spot on um, Glow Girl with Tracy White. Yeah, I, I I've been fascinated with the whole um, uh, Tom Brady and Giselle oh, business, girl, be- because it's so like. It's it's kind of sad. Like you see, you know, they were a. Uh, I don't fucking like him. Just fucking you know, hate Tom Brady. Yeah, but like uh, them as a couple, like I could see how they complimented each other, and it was kind of a nice thing. It was like just a nice, you know, I like regardless of what I think about someone personally, like I can still say like, oh, their relationship seemed cool. Like they they seemed like a good couple to each other, good compliment to each other, and then you know, whatever his deal is that he doesn't want to stop working. And it's like, for fucking what? Like, that's so sad. Like, you're going to go back to work because what? Like, you're whatever it is, your ego can't handle rest or a change in life or feeling like you're no longer in the limelight. Um, We don't know him personally, right? But okay. But as an intuitive, my first gut is, is it he's, he's, he's having a, a bit of a hit to his ego because he's not in the limelight mm-hmm. anymore, right? He's not, yeah. you know, he's not the goat, which, you know, <clears throat> he is an actual horse's ass and it's kind of the same. <laughs> um, I got nothing good to say about Tom Brady, especially as a Michigan State fan. Um, so let's, um, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, with Giselle, um, I think it's interesting though how she is really witchy. Um, and yeah, he's, is she? yeah, oh yeah, and he's he is like he's even said like very. He, he said in interviews about how yeah she's told him like you know this you know this was going to be your year this is not going to be your year um, this is going to be leading up to you have to work really hard this you know specific time and then um, give him crystals and and things to. <laughs> To he hold needs a big fucking tourmaline the size of a mountain. Yeah, but fix his shit. But also, like, you have a witchy wife, and like, she's telling you, like, 
it's time to retire and mm-hmm. you're not listening to her what the fuck's mm-hmm. wrong with you okay so i i don't have a problem with giselle i always loved her and yeah because um, i was like oh she del- she dated leo and she told leo to go you know get bent <laughs> um, and he wanted to marry her she's like i'm not marrying you you're not the marrying kind mm. um so I kind of have like a mini dream or a mini um, hope that she and Leo will get back together. Um, she's too old for him. He only dates twenty five year olds because he's because he's so Im- emotionally Ew, immature. That's so gross because he's starting to look like Jack Nicholson now, and he I is. think that it's just icky, gross. So is fucking Christian Slater. I'm like everybody that mm. that I used to have the hots for needs to stop looking like Jack Nicholson. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, what happened to fucking the men that look like Paul Newman? Like he aged so well. He was still a beautiful man in his old Brad, in his... Brad Pitt. Uh, yeah. Brad yeah. Pitt. Oh my god, yeah. now he's now he's looks like an old Brad Pitt. He's still hot though. Okay, but and can we just talk about Johnny Depp and his recent transformation to fucking Steven Tyler? what is what is happening to johnny depp i'm he's getting fat and he's getting braids and dreads and he's just he's like an old gay jack sparrow is what's happening to him now listen there's nothing wrong with it i'm just saying johnny depp not my johnny that's not my johnny i don't know what's happening with these men but god damn it just Get I don't care if you age because uh, you know older men like my age I'm in my fifties um, they're fucking hot right as long as you have a beard you got that <laughs> silver ugh you're, you're hot to me but some of our childhood uh you know crushes are I know. <laughs> looking they quite odd they didn't age some 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 of them did not age well, oh my god <laughs> you fucking have seen Mickey Rourke right he looks like oh uh, I, he looks like yes. the Lion Lady I don't even know um, yeah. Yeah. Um, they also men and women too and, and you know of course this is me <clears throat> not judging but i don't want to talk about the women because i feel like you know we have so many like we have criticisms yes and critics, uh, and but- decades and hundreds of years of women yeah you know you know being criticized for their looks so like let's just shit on the men for once okay but <laughs> when you have so much plastic surgery that you start to look like you've had so much plastic surgery yeah. Yeah. it's sad my favorite jennifer aniston and courtney cox they both look plastic surgery out but lisa crujo she's like yeah not so much um who's somebody else that hasn't done plastic surgery and she looks a beautiful like um Meryl jamie lee Street. curtis she doesn't um she hasn't um, meryl streep Meryl Streep. Did you know that? Um, sorry, guys, we're in a, a celebrity <laughs> tangent. Did you know that um, Christina Applegate has MS? Oh no, she I does. didn't know that either. Oh, she walks with a walking stick no. now. Like, like, um, who is the girl that was on Dancing with the Stars? Um, she was in Cruel Intentions. Selma Blair. Selma I know Blair. Selma Blair. Yeah, Selma Blair. Oh, was she's really, yeah. Love Selma Blair. She yeah. was also in Legally Blonde, which is one of my yep. favorite movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she's a badass too. But yeah, I didn't know that. I'm, that's I was really sad when I found that out. I'm like, oh, still Dude, beautiful. But all speaking of, of fucking actresses that like. Kate Blanchett, like I don't know what she uses on her skin, but that woman looks immortal. Like she Dude. has the most beautiful fucking skin. Jeez. Like, ugh. 
Seriously. You know, and Angela, but Angela fucking Bassett. Oh, my God. What is she, like almost 70 and she's a fucking flawless. It's like, yeah. right. It's but unfair. Show it us. is unfair. Stand yeah. up and show us. Yeah. Let us worship at your feet. That woman is like she's she's like immortal. Like she mm-hmm. doesn't look like she's aged a day. She's looked like the same for the last twenty years. Fucking beautiful, fucking beautiful. We should yeah. all, we should all. It's, it's that melanin on her. It's mm-hmm. that melanin. I don't Black know. What the fuck. Don't crack. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what Kate Blanchett's uh, secret is, but <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> well, she's just good genes, I guess. Or is it money? It's probably money. It's always money. Um, I saw what movie did I see yesterday? Because yesterday I was like, um, sort of recuperating a little, just rehydrating and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched. Um, oh, what movie was it with? Oh, Made in Manhattan with Jennifer Lopez and oh, um, uh-huh. um, oh, who Liam Neeson's wife who died. What was her name? I don't remember her name. Mm, oh, I just I just googled her yesterday. So mm-hmm. I'm a little, Natasha Richardson. Oh yes, uh huh. She uh-huh. was in it, looking as beautiful as ever, and and playing a big old asshole, which was kind of fun. Yeah. So. Another beautiful woman, but Jennifer Lopez too. I mean, you know, she fucking fucking flawless, you know, and she's my age. She's like 53. Oh, <clears throat> Natasha Richardson from the t- parent trap. That's yes. Why. She died on a, she had a, she was on a skiing trip, her sad. and her husband, Liam Neeson, and she hit her head. And then a couple of days later, she and died. He, I, I know he was devastated. Oh, he was devastated. Speaking yeah. of devastated actors who changed after their wives died did you know that rick moranis from honey i shrunk the kids yeah he quit acting he retired from acting when his wife passed so that he could take care of his children oh yeah i just learned that and i was like that is so sad but also how amazing and he didn't show he hasn't been in any of the ghostbusters has he uh no 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 he's he's out Yep, he hasn't been in any of them. Oh, I love Rick Marianas. All right, well, buddy, I hope he finds love again and purpose and passion and he's happy and all that good shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you for coming to our celebrity roundup. Right. <laughs> tangents. We It's what we do best, tangents. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you got any announcements today? Um, you know, I really don't, um, not an announcements announcement, um, other than, well, I do have one that's kind of cool. Um, so I just recently ordered from Etsy an astrology metal stamping kit of all of the 12 Zodiac signs. So I'm now going to be stamping custom orders with the person's actual sun sign. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I thought that would be a nice little, um, little addition. Um, and speaking of my logo, which is the Sanskrit symbol for breathe is my official logo and um i found a stamp of that too so i'll be stamping my logo on things so the moon will no longer be sort of my maker's mark i'm just going to probably incorporate that in most of my designs because the moon um is the reason that i put the moon on, on jewelry is because if the moon is facing a certain way it's a waxing moon and if it's facing another way it's a waning moon and then uh-huh. I, I infuse that piece with Reiki so it's either opening to receive or taking action um, on goals so just know okay. that that's 
always what's incorporated into a piece of jewelry if you order a custom piece from me. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. All righty. What are we talking about today? So today, um, I wanted to touch on um, the Akashic Records. And we've talked about the Akashic Records several times. So I wanted to take a little deeper dive into the records and talk about a few other things, um, how they're all related. And then at the very end, I'm going to share my intention for opening up my record. Um, and I'll post that on the social so that people can do that as well. So I think that now is the time where people, um, it's, it, there's so many, so many clients that I'm getting that are being called to find their purpose, um, pivot, go in a different direction, mm -hmm. um, that sort of thing. And I think the one tool that could help everybody is how to open your own Akashic record. So I, I think this is just, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think between eclipse season, you know, that just started, um, and then the other planetary things that are coming up, which I'll talk about later, um, that, yeah, that all makes sense that people are, you know, the eclipse, eclipse season is closing things and, and bringing to light the things that, you know, need to be looked at and all that, all that stuff. And then there's, the um the mars um retrograde coming up and all that it's just it's just causing reevaluating and also just stepping yeah. back and looking at things so yeah, yeah the the akashic records is great and also oh this is just because we're talking about the akashic records just touching on this i started reading this book and this is probably information that i'm going to have ready for our next season um the book is called the aquarian gospel of jesus the christ and it is essentially a gospel um, or book that was um, completely channeled through the Akashic Records. Oh, that's cool as shit. Um, yeah. Once you tap into those, and again, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it in the episode, but once you tap into those Akashic records, it all bets are off. Like anything goes mm -hmm. channeling all that good stuff. Um, now I just want to point out too, that Fiorelise just mentioned that she would meant talk about, um, um, Mercury, Mars, retrograde. Mars, Mars retrograde, retrograde later, but what we're actually doing now is we are, taping mini-sodes, you know, um, five to 15-minute mini-episodes that will drop earlier in the week. So um, you might hear us say, oh, we'll talk about it later in the episode, but it's actually a separate episode. Yep. So um, just know that, that. And you know what else, you guys? You're welcome. <laughs> this will make it easier for you to just listen to that if you just want to catch, like, some planetary stuff or if we do, like, a tarot card pull or just a little mini-message. It'll just be an easy way to listen to something short, compact, but also shareable. So please don't yes. forget if something resonates well with you, if you really enjoyed something, one of those short ones are a great thing, little pieces to share with other people. Cause please. some people don't have time to do a whole hour episode, but right. Yeah. Right. And sometimes we don't have time to do a whole hour episode, but we get caught up in, <laughs> you know, in, right. in our stuff and our tangents. All right. So let's get into this. So the Akashic Records. Now, they're often described as a library, but this is simply for the benefit of us as humans to be able to integrate into our understanding, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't really the case. Um, so I'm just going to urge you to reconsider your idea of what you are attempting to access or attempting to sort of, you know, wrap your head around. 
the Akasha and the Akashic records are an energy. It's a realm. It's a dimension. It's a consciousness. It's an energy. Okay. And so when you tap into that, you're tapping into the fifth, Mm -hmm. the sixth, and the seventh and beyond those dimensions. So when you get a message from the Akashic records, you're getting a message from those higher dimensions, which is really badass. So you should really be proud of it. And if you can't access it, the good news is, is that you keep trying because you eventually will. Absolutely. And again, we'll get into that. All right. So first thing I want to start out is telling you the difference between an Akashic Records reading and say like a medium reading or a psychic reading or even a tarot reading. Okay. So during a medium reading, um, I am a translator. I am a channel. I am the go-between delivering messages from spirit guides, guardians, angels, any loved ones, friends, family, whatever, right? Any entity in spirit form um, that has passed over or is on the other side, I am the translator between the two. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, when just so you know that life doesn't end... (laughs) life does not end when we die and to um, break it down we simply just begin a whole brand new existence right we can still hear we can still see we can still communicate we just no longer have a human body um, that provides us a voice to speak with arms to reach out um, you know that sort of thing so that's the difference of it and that's why it's kind of freaky yeah so um, mediumship. So that's what mediumship is. It, honestly, you guys, it's my most cherished gift or ability. Um, and sharing it is, is an absolute privilege. And I love it. Um, when those messages come through, it is literally the most amazing thing you can do as a human to share a message. All right. Now an Akashic records reading is a little bit different. Okay. So first off an Akashic, Akashic energy is Q and a based. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which means that it builds as we talk, it builds on our emotions. The more we talk about a situation or an issue or a circumstance or relationship, sort of the thicker the energy gets that fifth, sixth and seventh dimensional energy sort of starts to, um, get more dense and Mm -hmm. the more dense it is, the easier it is for us as third dimensional beings to tap into it, to see things, hear things, all of that good stuff. So to make a really clear connection, if you book a reading with me and you sit down, I ask you to talk about how you feel about whatever issue you're seeking clarity on. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to be like, tell me about that. This isn't to fish for information. And you all know how I feel about people testing us, fishing, all that shit. I'm like, you know what? Book someone else if you want to test somebody. Right. This isn't to fish. This is to create the strongest link possible between you and I. Okay. Then once that, that energy is thick and we have this link, then I use my psychic and empathic abilities to, you know, um, see images, get information that comes to me from the records. Um, so, at the same time, I'm using those mediumistic or psychic abilities. I'm hearing, sensing, feeling, and, you know, connecting to your spirit guides as a medium, as a channel and all of those things. So um, it's, it's really all about that Akashic energy that makes the difference. Hmm. Um, It's like a, uh, it's like a shot of 
espresso in your latte. <laughs> okay. So what do you, what are the Akashic records to you, uh, Fee? A library of information. <laughs> yes. Right. So, but again, it's not like a physical library or anything like that. So maybe it's easier for people to think of it as like cloud storage for the universe. Sure. Yes. Right. Cause when we yes. send those documents up, the M I have no fucking idea where it's going. Where is it sitting? Yeah. Where's it going? Right. But it's up there and anytime I need to access it, I can pull it down and there it mm -hmm. is. Um, so um, so that's where it is now during a reading, during an Akashic reading, um, I'll connect to information in your soul blueprint, um, in your soul contracts, um, your Akashic record, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. All right. And then of course, this is just review, but when we decide to incarnate into human form, we will create sort of a blueprint to help us stay focused on our human, you know, goals and lessons and karma and relationships, our tasks, all that stuff. Um, and that's the plan for our human life. And then of course, um, to get some help carrying out this plan, we create soul contracts with others, like our soulmates, like you and your husband have yeah. a soul contract. You and your kids have a soul contract. Mm -hmm. Um, and these people help us learn important lessons. We learn our lessons through relationship. End of story end of story. That's yep. how we learn lessons. Right. Um, and to keep us focused on the details of our soul blueprint on our soul contract on the goals, we enlist the help of advisors also known as spirit guides. Mm -hmm. And again, this is just review. Most of you know this, but, um, for maybe for first time listeners or people that don't, I just want to really quickly go over it. Um, and so all of this that I'm just talking about can be revealed and explored in an Akashic Records reading. I don't know if it can be explored in a standard psychic reading or something like that. And if there are psychics and intuitives out there that say, yes, it can, then please let us know because I would love to talk to you. The reason I don't know is because I've only ever used uh, the Akashic Records um, to explore my psychic abilities. Mm. I had a Reiki session with someone where she was, she told me what angel guides I had. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> the Akashic records are, and I'll talk about this later. They're, they're not the only way to access those higher dimensions. Yeah. Um, and there's, you do it differently too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what are some ways that you can use your Akashic record? I mean, you know, I've got like 10 or so here. Um, okay. let's see, you can, um, explore your past lives obviously and how they impact your current challenges. You can, um, get, a. a you know, um, an idea of your life purpose and then how to get started on your path. And I mean, you can do that with numerology, but the Akashic records actually gives me past information and future potential information. And it's, there's messages and visions and all of those things that come with it to build this bigger picture. Because I can mm -hmm. say, oh, you're a life path six. So you should just be a nurse. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, how do I do that? Or you're like, uh, I don't like blood. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, and so, you know, 
logically my brain can be like, well, you know, and come up with all these logic, you know, alternatives, which is going to be me blowing smoke out my ass. But if I open up the Akashic records, then they'll show me past lives, future lives, potential lives. They'll show me situations and issues that can contribute, which will give me, give us just a bigger picture, I guess. Yeah. You can use the Akashics to develop a stronger connection with your spirit guides by calling them in and meeting them in the energy of the Akasha. Um, you can explore past lives and karmic debt. You can also clear it. Um, no clearing karma, um, is really, it's inherent in your soul blueprint. Like, mm -hmm. so, uh, like, let's say that you are a life path nine. That's the humanitarian. Um, you don't need to do anything to clear any karmic debt that you bring forward where you were, um, the opposite of a humanitarian. Uh -huh. Um, you just need to live fully and wholly in that humanitarian life path to clear it. Okay. You can identify karmic connections with individuals in your present life. So you can say, you know, well, um, what was, what was, who was Mike to me in a past life? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that sort of thing. You can of course connect with deceased loved ones. Um, the energies is, I mean, it's just like a cakewalk for, um, that's how my mediumship got started once I accessed the Akashic records because it was so much easier for me spirit to come through in that energy. Uh -huh. You can also connect with pets that have passed over and I get pets that yes. come through often. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love uh, that. I do too. They're so sweet and always so loving and so <laughs> generous and, you know, I love them. You can explore the Akashic record of your business. If you're a business owner and you're like, why isn't this business taking off? Why isn't it off the ground? Um, you can open up the Akashic record of your business. Honestly, guys, I don't know why more people don't book my Akashic uh, um, reading for their business, for my business, for the business. It's one of my least expensive readings. And I priced it that way because I want people to do this. It is an absolute game changer. Um, when you are struggling with your business model, business plan, or whatever, um, getting your business read is is has literally it changed it changed everything for several people. Um, let's see. Uh, and then, of course, the last two are you can use it to create more satisfying relationships by understanding the origins of your challenges, uh, yes. you know that sort of thing, and then um, you know connecting with your guides. Uh, to, um, you know, to develop a stronger connection with them, but using that to get clarity around situations or choices or whatever. So you can do a lot of really cool stuff in the Akashics, um, shit that like fixes shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's having access to so much information that you would otherwise wouldn't be privy to. <laughs> I mean, right. And, and that's the thing. You are privy to it, but you don't know how to access it. How the hell do you pull that up? How do you right. ask for it? Like, you know, right. there's just a process to it, um, which is why I know a lot of people out there charge, you know, hundreds, thousands. What? I'm not going to talk about people's prices, but um, <laughs> when it's, when you're being charged like 25, you know, 100 plus to for a class to learn how to open up the records that's a bit much because there's a free pathway prayer on the internet right you right. know so yeah. it's like people don't need to be to pay to learn how to open up the record they need they're going to pay to learn how to use the record yeah. access the record so yeah. all right 
So now let's talk about when issues from a past life show up. How do we know? So first off, let's touch on karma real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, karma gets a bad rap because it's often been interpreted as punishment from the universe, right? People are like, right. Or cause and effect. Cause like, and, right. In, think instant it's cause and effect. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. But it's not punitive. It, listen, the universe is not some strict disciplinarian who rewards you when you do good or punishes you when you fuck up. That's not how it works. Yeah. Um, the universe supports our journey 100% of the time. So when past life karma comes up, it's not to punish us. It's our chance for a do-over. And this is where I'm touching on what Fiorelise was talking about earlier. In Whether it's in your current life or a past life, if you missed a lesson or made a mistake or uh, missed an opportunity or made decisions that didn't produce the results you hoped for, you get a chance to revisit lessons. You will get a chance to do that. The universe is going to keep bringing up the same challenges and issues until you get it right because right. it wants you to get it right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you get more, but you get to do that and think of it like, oh, not this again, but think of it like, okay, this again, but I have more soul experience. Yeah. I have a new opportunity to master it this time around. Mm-hmm. I'm wiser. I'm stronger. I'm, I'm identifying it a little bit more easier. This time it's going to be cake. Yeah. Eventually the lesson goes away because you yeah. learn it. That reminds me of, uh, when I was, um, a sophomore in high school, I was switched out of schools I went to one school for my freshman year and then we moved and at first I was like really sad about it but then I once I started the school year or right before I started the school year I was like this is my chance like (laughs) it's like going to high school and like knowing what to expect like I can show up as like who I want to be because nobody here knows me yes girl yeah And it was like, it was, it was such a better experience, like walking into that day one where like, where I had walked into, cause I had actually done that the first time with my freshman, um, school. I didn't know anyone there either. Um, but I didn't know how to like, I was like frozen with like fear of like, I don't know anyone. Right. Whereas the second time around, I was like, no, I don't know anyone, which means they don't know me, which means I can be whoever I want because they have, yes. you know, so that so if you look at it with that energy, like think of the unlimited possibilities. Yes. Oh, my God. I love that. You're like, this is my chance. It was like in a movie. All right. Now, listen, here's the thing. When you were prior to that, were you like a troublemaker? No, no. Uh, I was just... Like, I think, like, wishy-washy about, like, what I liked or what or who, like, who I wanted to be friends with, for example. Um, And so by the time, you know, I got to do it over again, it was like, no, this is who I am. And these are the things that I like. Like, I was very set in, like, this is who I am. Like, very, yeah. You knew who the fuck you were. Yeah. I love that. Oh, my God. That cracks me up. I love your visual. This is my chance. Yes. Um, yeah. So you know what? You get as many chances as you need to learn whatever lessons that you set for yourself or whatever situations you want to set up for yourself. Uh, so using the Akashic Records, you can go back 
to a past life where the trauma was created and then, you know, be shown or try to figure out or get some insight into a way to release the energy that is sabotaging your life or that you keep finding yourself in cycles, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and also to find that parallel between then and now. So I often get a client who um, is like um, this, this, I had one the other day who has a terrifying or has an inability to make decisions, Uh Um, very indecisive. And um, we opened up her Akashic record and it was because in a past life, she actually lost a baby because of a decision that she made. So now she constantly second guesses herself. And it was, um, the baby was lost in a flood. So it was like a physical, I made the wrong decision. Now I'm in this dangerous situation Mm -hmm. that just swept my baby away from me. Mm. Um, So now in this lifetime, she's like, what if I make the wrong decision? Yeah. Yeah. So now that she understands that she can... Um, she at least understands, okay, this isn't the same thing. And yes. You know, yeah. So yeah. it's very cool how that happens. Yeah. All right. So another issue that will pop up is when you reincarnate with the same people and it's not necessarily an issue. It's just a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see this often is people from past lives are also present in this lifetime in their lives. Because we, as I talked about earlier, we make these agreements with other souls to learn lessons together. Um, and also, now this is, this, is, this is the easiest, most digestible way that I can present this because this concept also can trigger people or piss people off. So trigger warning, okay? Uh-huh. Is that on a soul level, there are never victims and perpetrators at the soul level, okay? At the human level, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But at the soul level, it's, um, we're here to learn lessons together. Let's just put it that way. So we are connected by soul contracts. We sign pre-incarnation. There are only, um, you know, well, there are just two or more souls who agree to help each other in their soul growth. Um, And it can be that one or two players are the same, but it can also be that all the players are the same. So you can very well reincarnate, you know, People, a lot of time people will say, well, why would I reincarnate with this person, like this mother who is awful? Mm -hmm. So I've asked myself that plenty. (laughs) Um, You know, um, but that's because there's either karma to to wrap up. There's action to be taken that has never been taken before. It's to stand up. It's to leave the situation. It's to... um, remove yourself like a lot of women or humans will go no contact with these abusive family members yes that's a soul contract also because that is hopefully the catalyst that helps that asshole family member see oh look what i've created what 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 situations am i supporting and creating in my own life that are making people that are my family want nothing to do with me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know there's all sorts of different variables on that um so, you know, when we tap back into that karma that we were talking about earlier, if we learned one side of an experience in a past life, um, this life may be the opportunity that we writ- wrote for ourselves to learn the other side of an experience. Um, a lot of times this comes up with murder. Um, one time, oh, yeah. I think I've talked about this before, I was I was, I was tapping in um, to a, a soul that who had been murdered and I was like, you know, do you want to, you know, do you want me to, can you give me a name or something so I can let the police know? And she's like, she was annoyed sort of, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, as annoyed as a spirit can be. She's like, that's no justice is a human construct that has nothing to do with, you know, the soul's growth and development. And so basically she was like, 
justice will take place. Karma will take place. It'll all be taken care of. Don't worry about it on that end. So, mm-hmm. so I think, you know, that explains why a lot of people, why do people get away with murder? Why do, why do serial killers get away with it after years and years and years, but then they die and they're never brought to justice. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and they are brought to justice, um, you know, just in a different way. Uh, let's see. What's the next one? How issues can show up in our lives. Oh, fears, fears that are based in past life showing up in this life. Oh yeah. That one's very common. That's so common. And I see it over and over again in the Akashic records. It it basically, it keeps a client playing small. It keeps us playing small, um, where we feel stuck or stagnant, dissatisfied, and we stay in these situations. Um, you know, because here's the thing, many of us, I'm going to say all of us have been killed, persecuted, threatened. We've all lost loved ones in previous lives. So as a result, we may experience fears that keep us from stepping into either our full potential or taking action, speaking our truth, um, you know, living our soul's purpose, any number of things that it can keep us from doing. But it's yeah. because of those fears, like with the lady and the baby. Mm-hmm. So with the Akashic Records, past lives and past life abilities as well can be made fully available to you in this lifetime when you heal those traumas from a, um, a life that caused them to go dormant. Um, a lot of people have traumas that they're like, I don't understand. I have a, a client who is afraid of strawberries. Oh, and it is like death. She's deathly afraid of them. And what, what it come from? We can't figure it out. I've gone into her record. I don't know how many times. And it's like, I I have no idea why. Isn't that weird? So that is bizarre. It's not a really good testament to uh, my ability to access the Akashic. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, there's no earthly reason for this thing. Yeah. My mom is like super afraid of heights. Um, That one, I'm not sure why. I mean, she fell off a cliff when she was little and she broke her arm. Um, oh my that's God. probably why that's probably why <laughs> that's probably it's not even a past life that's just like her early life mm-hmm. no she also does not like the sea she does not like the ocean she does yeah, not like you, boats um, that. i can't imagine she died in a past life she she fell off a boat and she drowned in the ocean oh, so that's that's where that one came from a lady do you remember do you know I don't know. I didn't. I didn't access that. She accessed that through a hypnotherapist, and then mm. I just, you know, sat on the stairs and listened to the session. That's, that's right. How... I remember that. You were supposed to be in bed, and you're like, "No, I'm, I'm, I'm no, here. I'm listening. No, I want to mm-hmm. know this. I'm here." Um, yeah, that's a lot of people. They're afraid of heights. It's because of falls that they have taken um, from off yeah. of hills or cliffs or mountains or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, you'd be surprised how, like, you know, I, I feel like it's almost human nature to be afraid of it, like, because, you know, keep yourself safe, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, recently I discovered there's this whole website that maps out all the deaths on the Grand Canyon. Oh, isn't, isn't that crazy? Yeah, there's so many, and it's because of people who stand too close to the edge of, you know edge of the cliffs and they fall happens all the time in in some of these well things like the grand canyon and the falls and all that stuff yes do we need to require people to take common sense training prior to going out on these trails and stuff i don't know maybe it's just darwinism i don't know i that's true (laughs) 
I like that explanation. <laughs> Getting rid of you know what they out. should <laughs> you know what they should hold at the Grand Canyon is all the magarellis. That's true. <laughs> We're gonna have a magarelli right at the edge of this cliff. <laughs> and you know what? Let nature take its course. Pray for an earthquake. Oopsie. Oopsie. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we're gonna lose a couple listeners for that one who cares right sorry <laughs> go, go, go jump off the cliff whatever right. <laughs> all right the next um thing um that could be sort of impacted from past lives are you know any beliefs that you've developed any traumas that you experienced which you know any emotions that are repressed in a past life that can create a vibrational match in your current life um you know because time it really is a human construct much like justice and it doesn't really technically exist so any beliefs uh, traumas unhealed emotions anything created in a past life that's no different than those experienced in this current life when it comes to our subconscious mind because hmm. like the reticular activation system it, the subconscious doesn't differentiate between reality or you know non-reality sure it's um, just and then experience. whatever you believe it co-creates your experiences so uh -huh. even when nothing you've experienced in this life supports your reality you're still gonna struggle with that Makes sense. I wonder, since justice is only a human construct and it doesn't ex exist on the soul level, what other things are only, you know, on human, the human level not. and not on the... I mean, I know time. Time is one of them. Yep, time. A anything third dimensional based, right? Money. Um, what is it? Yes. Um, here, you're, the six senses, or no, the four, the five senses, if you can taste it, feel it. Um, so, sort of thing. so then taste, could taste you is a human construct. I mean, what did I just read the other day? Yeah, it is because, well, it, it, it I don't know that it's specifically human, but it is. But the uh -huh. other day I was just reading about the Arcturian race, uh -huh. um, and Arcturians don't eat food. They uh -huh. get their nutrients from energy. So they ingest energy. Ingest energy. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, which is just a tiny little, tiny little segue. Kind of like a plant. Uh, yeah. 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 Like osmosis. Like, right? Isn't that how mm -hmm. plants get their like, energy? Yeah. Uh, but keep your train of thought there because they said that like, and this is getting super esoterics, but er, esoteric, but they said the lizard people and the reptilians, mm -hmm. they actually... Eat. The reason that they want us is to possess, not to possess our body, but they want low vibrational people because they eat low energy, negative dense energy. Oh. And Arcturians, quote unquote, eat high vibrational light energy. Um, and they don't need to hurt people to get that. Because, Interesting. Yes, right? Because Interesting. isn't that cool? I know I yeah. got sucked down into the <laughs> cosmic, esoteric, woo-woo alien race wormhole mm -hmm. and i was like whoa yeah wow huh kind of makes sense makes sense on a lot yeah. of a lot of levels yeah yeah did we explore your 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 musings um enough about like those lower um about human constructs? oh the human constant yeah no that makes sense yeah no all that stuff yes and i was just thinking out loud i was thinking like what else you know but yeah yeah, it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool topic, a cool thought. Yeah. 
All right. Um, I think there's like one more. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there's one more. Okay. And this is one that's super, um, super popular. People really find this one interesting. Our past life chords and vows. Yes. Big one. All right. So especially past life deathbed vows, those are incredibly energetically powerful. If you vow something during your deathbed process, it gets hard coded into your energy and it will influence your current reality. Um, It's basically an incredibly powerful intention that is set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when past life vows get activated in this lifetime for whatever reason, um, they sabotage your current reality without you even knowing it, right? Um, again, the subconscious mind just doesn't know time. So it just honors the vow and keeps, you know, things like money and love away from you. Yeah. Um, so some of those um, vows, for example, could be to never love anyone other than the soul you were married to in that lifetime or any other decision that you really fully commit to, Um a lot of times we'll, I'll get priests or nuns um, that took a poverty vow um, and a celibacy vow. I know oh, I took yes. a poverty vow and I had to uh, switch that up when I was a nun. That I had to do a whole bunch of work around the nun past life. Um, and then also, um, well, just with the poverty vow, like you, you, you literally cannot allow money in your life if your subconscious mind has stored in its files that you took a vow to be poor. It's just yeah. not going to work. So you have to bring these vows out of your subconscious and release them with, uh, and release them. Now, um, you can do this with the power of intention. Okay. Um, it's consistent. It's, you're going to have to create a practice. You're going to have to do meditations and some energy work I recommend and all that stuff. But basically the intention is something along the lines of this, which I will post this on the socials. Um, you want to say like in the past, I made a vow of blank. Um, um, and I have learned, um, you know, that it's, um, I have learned blank as a result of it, right? It's, it's important to state what it is that you've learned. So Mm -hmm. in the past, I've learned a vow of poverty and I've learned that I am, um, deserving of abundance and prosperity, but in the future, I realize that this old vow of poverty no longer serves me. And so I now release this vow from my energy field and my consciousness at all levels, as well as any limitations that is created in my life. I now embrace a new vow of abundance and incorporate it into my soul. I ask my guides to bring this new energies, the new energies of this vow into my life and embrace the changes it will bring. And so it is all of that sort of thing. So this, I recommend, you know, doing this in a meditation um, while you're also doing, you know, abundance work. Fear Release has an amazing class on prosperity and abundance and, um, you know, and the shadow and all that stuff. So um, using those two tools together, eh, very, very helpful and effective. Um, And then the second half of this is to remove cords then I recommend that you work with an energy healer because it's important to remove the entire cord roots and all, and then fill the gap with healing energy. A lot of people want to cut the cords and the practice is called cutting the cords, but it's ineffective because um, if you leave those roots in you, in your energy, they're just going to grow back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So the intention is that they need to be totally removed. Um, and then of course filled with healing energy. So, uh, so anyway, so those are two, two ways with vows and cords, how they can impact your current, uh, life, um, in ways that you can get to the root of those in the Akashic record. Very cool. 
So here's to, to wrap that piece of it up. Um, past life influences are not all bad. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have to show up negatively in every situation. Um, past lives, they also bring gifts into our life. When you access your earth star chakra, which is located um, 12 inches below your feet, um, that is the chakra that holds past life skills, abilities, memories, all of that stuff. And um, when we develop or when we access all of those things that we developed in past lifetimes, then that provides us the skills, the talents, the knowledge, and the wisdom that we can access now. Um, that's how I accessed my silversmithing um, past life is through my my roots, my earth star chakra, Ooh. and then um, my knowledge. Like I'm self taught. Um, so, so did you go into the Akashic records with the intention of accessing that, or how exactly did? So I happen? opened up my Akashic record, mm-hmm. and then I did an Earth Star meditation. Okay. Um, I actually have a two downloadable meditations on my website, jofears.com. And um, they're like 11 bucks each. They're super cheap, super inexpensive. I hate that word cheap. So um, there's (laughs) super affordable, super affordable. Thank you. I like that. Um, There's one that goes through all of the chakras. And then there's another one that takes you through all of the dimensions. When you use those two together, but separately, um, not at the same time, but you know, um, and you focus on uh, accessing, you open up your Akashic record, use those. It's a very, very, very powerful practice. It's what I use to develop mine. So yeah, you mm-hmm. open up your record, you listen to a meditation. And then in that meditation, that's when you bring in your intentions, your prayers, all those things. Okay. Okay. So now how does that help me, Joe, if I don't know how to open up my own record? So here's the thing. It's super easy to learn to open your own Akashic record. Fiorelise has been working with her record for what, the last two years, year and a half? Year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So tell people, has it what difference has it made in your meditations and your connections? It just allows you to go so much more deeper and access information that you're that otherwise just doesn't it doesn't really make sense otherwise because I've had sometimes things pop in through meditation but I'm like I don't know what the hell that means yeah but the fact that you can go into the Akashic Records with an intention and with a question and you can get more insight to that specifically it's just more direct yeah yeah and you're tapping into a higher density, higher, you know, frequency of energy. So you're going to get more details, more knowledge, more knowing too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So now listen, reading your own record, absolutely 100% cannot be mastered overnight. So if you're trying to rush it, if you're like, why can't I access it? Why can't I access it? You're just going to get frustrated and you're going to quit. Okay. So this has to be a practice that you undertake much like any consistent practice. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you can learn how to do it because everybody innately has the ability to do it. They have the skills to do it and they have the it is their birthright to access your own damn record. Yeah. Um, now listen, being able to open your record doesn't give you carte blanche access to your past lives though. 
the, the guardians of the um, Akashic Records are very, very picky and very specific because if we had carte blanche access, we wouldn't have a need to not remember our past lives automatically. Right. Um, But when you need to know the source of something that is plaguing you in this lifetime that is keeping you from living your best life or in your highest version of self or keeping you from this goal that you've set for yourself, they are going to just like make that as easy as fuck for you to get access to that because that's what you're supposed to do. I know when I have a friend that they won't give him information. I mean, you know who this is, but they won't give him information as, uh, as to his past life. Like, like they'll give him like the general, like this is who you were. And like, you had a great life and that's it. Like they They, won't give anything else. No. And, and what I've told them, it's like, because you don't need to know because it's not important to what you're doing now. All you need to know was that it was a great life and it's over now. And you're not here to revisit that. You're not here to carry on the karma of that past life. You're here doing your own thing, you know, your own way and, and let, let that be, but that's, it's hard for him. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm getting to? And my legs are tingling on this one that because the expectation he's, they don't want him to build a foundation upon that life and what he experienced there because the the point is is it experiential it's his opportunity in this life to learn something different yes and they don't want him to use that as a platform because that's going to make his expectation the same mm-hmm. which is just going to fucking derail him so let yeah. him know that there is a reason for it it's not it is that he doesn't need to know but the reason that he doesn't need to know is because it will f- mess with what he's supposed to know mm-hmm Sure. Or what he's supposed to learn. Yes. What he's Mm -hmm. supposed to learn. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, All right. So um, here's the other thing too. As any of you that that, um, work with tarot, oracle, or your psychics or mediums yourself or intuitives, it is so much easier to be read by another person than to interpret your own readings, your own astrology. Seriously. It's impossible. I mean... I have people that I go to when I'm I can't figure shit out. I'm like, you gotta help me. I can't figure this. Yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know what I equate that to is the same. I have I run into the same thing when I'm like designing for for people. Like I can design for other people easy. Yeah, like no problem. I can you you can tell me like give me an idea what you like. You know your taste and and all that. And then I'm and I'll come up with something for you. But for me, I'm like I I get into such a like indecision paralyzation that I'm just like I can't I can't make another choice I can't there's too many choices there's too many options I can't do this yeah Uh, it's hard yeah it it is hard it is hard so you know um call in your friends call in your trusted advisors call in that you know badass intuitive um you know that always has your answers and honestly if you if this is something that you do for a living um you make those connections i am always making connections with new readers um new astrologers and psychics and all that stuff because we can then rely on each other and yeah, you can trade trade yeah exactly trading trade. it is so much fun and you know so trade with somebody that's that you're comfortable with and that you trust and you yes know, it it's it's fun to do that yeah definitely someone you trust though definitely definitely not not, not yeah. just anyone no no 
And and another thing that comes up is people like, well, because you already know me, should I do this or should I read you? Because I already know, so I don't want my own knowledge to, you know, mess with the the message that comes through. And it's like, absolutely, you should read me even more so because then they can weed through the shit that they know right. that you already know. It develops a deeper, stronger connection. Yeah. So yes, absolutely. Your best friend can read you. Um, now they that's not going to say that they won't insert some of their own judgments or, you know, you know, whatever, but you know, that's your best friend. So, you know, they're going to do that. Right. Okay. Um, so, um, here's, so back to learning to open your own record. Um, remember that the energy of the Akasha is built upon the spoken word. So the more questions you ask, the more clarity that you will are going to receive. And also it's important to remember that an Akashic experience is different from person to person. So opening the record is an individual process as unique as your fingerprints, opening it and working with it. So that's because you use your specific, most powerful clair abilities to create a technique that is distinct to only you. Okay. Mm. So the pathway prayer online that you can download, say it. And if you don't feel anything, tweak it. The yeah. prayer that I'm going to load onto the internet and share with you all, um, say it to yourself. And if you don't feel anything, tweak it, make it yours. The prayer that I was given, I tweaked it and then all of a sudden, boom, it just clicked into place. And I'm like, those are my words. Yeah. So there's nothing mystical about a specific prayer. What's what makes it powerful is when it resonates with you, because that is sort of what it's the key that opens up, that opens you up to those records. Um, and just to sort of give you a really good example of that, like I view past lives and how they impact current life situations when I tap into the Akashic records. But I have, there's another reader that I know who uses Akashic energy um, using automatic writing. Uh, and then she sends her um, answers and often an email to her clients. Um, and yet another reader uses Akashic energy to connect their clients to their animal totems and then works with their animal totems. Yeah. So um, it just depends on, your method depends on your interests, your skills, and the techniques that you're just naturally drawn to. Yeah. All right. So once you've tapped in, how do you know? How do you know you've tapped in? So when you open to this energy, you're connecting to sort of this ancient source of knowing. So it's going to feel a little bit different. Um, so I want you to release all visions of books and libraries and great halls and domed ceilings, all that shit, right? <laughs> your consciousness and your physical body are going to be your point of reference. Your knowing is going to be your access, you're going to feel a shift, a shift in your physical body, but also in the energy around you. So you're going to be using your clairsentience. It's an energy. It's a sensation. Maybe it's similar to channeling. You know how when you channel channels, how you sort of settle into this autopilot type of energy. Mm. Um, you might feel some enhanced skin sensitivity or tingling. Um, again, it's going to be different for everyone and you're going to come to know it the more skilled and comfortable you become accessing the energy and your intuitive abilities. That's why you're not going to feel anything the first time because you're not going to understand what your signs and, and, you know, triggers and symbols and all those things are because it's the first time you've experienced them. Right. It's like, yeah. it's like, um, 
taking a drug and you're like, I don't feel anything. Well, because you don't know what those subtle shifts and changes are. These edibles ain't shit. (laughs) So I'm going to take four more. And then, oh my God, the Connors had an episode just recently where Dan took three edibles and he's all fucked up because he's like, well, I didn't feel anything. So I took another one and then I got the munchies. So then I ate the third one. Oh my God. (laughs) Fucking the Connors. It's I think it's just as funny without Roseanne. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so again, anyway, it's different um for everyone. All right. So um the way to figure it out to know that you've entered the Akashic Records is consistent practice. And you know I teach intuitive development, and I'm always saying that consistent practice, consistent practice. Yeah. And then the last thing um that I want to talk about. I know we're actually, this is a longer episode, so I apologize, guys. It's how to actively use your intuition. Because once you have that open and then you feel those shifts, then what do you do? People are like, well, now what do I do? So actively using your intuition is very simple. You just want to pay attention. Again, you want to pay attention to your inner voice. You want to listen for any words, thoughts, ideas, inspiration, any nudges that you get, any visuals. Have a journal. um, Write down thoughts. You want to pay attention to your body. Again, any associated tingles, ear ringing, shivers, any anxiety or butterflies. That's a a key that you've tapped into some different energy. Any unusual sensations. Um, If you're claircognizant, uh, claircognizant dominant, uh, you might be feel compelled to strike while the iron's hot, right? Take action. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, feel like inspiration just comes out of nowhere. If you're clear audience, um, you might, your messages um, uh, or your intuition might come through as words or phrases or just a general understanding. Like you're hearing things, you're hearing your own thoughts. You're hearing thoughts that aren't necessarily coming from you. If you're clairsentient, you are going to sense using your feelings, again, your emotions, your skin, um, tingles, or just your inner knowing, which is going to be tapping into that claircognizance too. And then clairvoyance. I mean, that's probably one of the easier ones. You see visions, symbols, signs, all of that good stuff. Um, you know, typically with clairvoyance, close your eyes, um, to get, to get focused. That's what I do, but not everybody does that. So just to sort of wrap this up, psychic and intuitive abilities can be developed by anyone. You just have to take the time to learn how Everyone has intuitive potential, but your abilities are going to often remain undeveloped um, just because people don't really aren't really good at at, at going or setting some sort of intuitive practice. Mm -hmm. Furelies and I are so we have fives in our charts. We're awful at um, consistency (laughs) and consistent practices, but this is something that we do because we love it and it comes naturally. Um, so, you know, training is necessary. It's just up to you to, um, train yourself and learn the process. Um, now here also it's, it's only, it's never a question ever, ever, ever a question of being 
um, gifted with more abilities than the other person or you not being gifted, right? You're Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm not as gifted as that person or whatever. It's never about that. It's only ever about you, your willingness to unlock your specific abilities and become really goddamn familiar with the practices that help you develop them in a way that is aligned with your soul. That's all it is. It's consistency, consistency, consistency. Absolutely. All right. So the last thing uh, mm-hmm. that I'm going to talk about is the opening prayer. I'm just going to say it, but again, I'll put this on the, um, I'll put this on the socials. Now during a reading, if you book a reading with me, I don't say this out loud because I'm, I'm, I really, this is inward. This is me connecting with my spirit guides, guardians, angels, your spirit guides and all that stuff. Um, but I'm going to read it out loud now um, because it's, I want you to hear, I'm not saying, you know, Oh, Satan, I summon me, which I wonder, I always wonder if some people are like, who's she talking to? What's she saying? What's that prayer? What's she call? Who's she calling in? So basically this is what I say. This is what I say when I open my own Akashic record. Okay. Um, I say, I call upon the librarians, the guardians of the Akashic records. I ask to be a pure and clear channel to see the best in myself and to Oh, sorry. I, I, okay. So here's the thing. Mm. I have it memorized. So when I try to read it, it messes me up. So I'm just going to close my <laughs> eyes and I'm going to say it. So, okay. Um, okay. I call upon the librarians, the guardians of the Akashic records. I ask to be a pure and clear channel to see the best in others and to deliver, to receive your messages without interpretation and without self-judgment. Help me to know myself in the light of the Akashic records, to see myself through the eyes of the guardians of the records and enable me to share, to receive the wisdom and passion that you have for me so that I may be of service in the highest good of all. My record is now open. So you heard me sort of um, make a couple flubs there because um, when I open it for other people, this is what it would sound like. So if you release, if you don't mind, I'll use yours. Um, I call upon the librarians, the guardians of the Akashic record. I ask to be a pure and clear channel to see the best in others and to deliver your messages without interpretation and without self-judgment. Help me to know Fiorelise Franco in the light of the Akashic records to see Fiorelise through the eyes of the guardians of the records and enable me to share the wisdom and compassion that you have for her so that we may both be of service in the highest good of all. Her record is now open. I could even feel the shift. I felt that shift right there. It opened up your record. All right. Um, and I'll close the record. <laughs> Leaving that shit open. Let the, close the door. What's going to happen? <laughs> so it, come out. Right. And here's the thing too, is I don't, a lot of the Akashic readers out there, teachers out there will tell you how critically important it is to open up, to close the door after you open it. I'm going to tell you that is not the case with me. Um, I never close records. Um, there's no reason to. Um, the manner in which I use them um, and the intention behind them is I'm um, I'm putting, I'm opening up and I'm, I'm looking at the stuff. I, I, a lot of my practices do not jive with a lot of those. I'm not going to call them fear-based practices, but there are practices out there where they're like, you got to do this and you got to do that. And you have to do this and you have to do that. Yeah. I don't. And it's not like I'm saying, well, I'm better or anything like that. It's just that I don't have to do those things. And I completely trust my guides um, that if I do need to do that, then they'll let me know. Yeah. So my point is, is if you read that, do what resonates and what doesn't leave it. 
So that is our discussion this um, week about um, the Akashic Records. Um, if you'd like to book your own record, you can jump on my website, joefigures.com. Or if you'd like to book your own reading, um, or I encourage you to start playing and practicing and please keep us posted. Um, send us an email or a message letting us know how it goes for you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Everybody, everybody's welcome. All right, everyone. As always, you can find us on all the socials under Esoterics Podcast and catch us on Facebook. Find us under the Esoterics community under Facebook groups. This is a safe place to ask questions on all things spiritual or not so spiritual. You'll also find support and information for developing your own spiritual and intuitive abilities as well as your daily practices. Thank you for inviting us into your life. Stay mystical and magical and don't let anyone tell you what to do. Is that our new tagline? Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye.